podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast, the podcast that reckons we witnessed one of the great Florida Cup comebacks at the weekend. This week on Heart and Hand, how was admin day for you? Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name's David Edgar and I'm joined this week by uh, two August contributors to our, our wonderful organ. First up, um, it's the handsomest podder, Mr Andy McGowan. How you doing, David? Uh, it's good to have you back, mate. We've missed you. And uh, we've also got the sleaziest podder, Mr Ian Hogg. Good evening, David and Andy, and uh, and to listeners, plenty to get through tonight, I'm sure. Yes, well, first of all, administration obviously is the key thing because, as we were told last week, we are going into administration today, and now it hasn't happened yet as of the recording time late in the evening, but I'm sure it's coming soon. How, how was your admin day, Andy? Uh, better than the last. <laughs> Just, it's, um, it's really getting to the stage that we're, we're kind of laughing and joking about it, but it's it's beyond ridiculous now. It's it's quite unbelievable what lengths some people are going to, and uh, I, I don't know what you do. Do you ignore it? Do you make fun of it? I don't know. It's just pathetic. It really is. I, well, exactly. I think you make fun of it because it's clearly made up. It's completely made up. They just, you know, there's no basis in fact. It's not even taking a. a a story that has a basis in fact in exaggerating it, it's just completely making it up in the way that a child would and I do understand people who say we should take legal action against them and I get that and there are times I feel like that because it does damage the brand but equally the other side of the coin is that that for certain ones of them that's what they want, you know, they, they want they don't have anything that we could take you know, they don't have anything to lose so they quite like the idea of martyrdom and they know that it would make them popular with their ever dwindling band of of fans because it should be pointed out that although on social media it can feel like it's every Celtic fan it isn't a lot of them um, are well aware of what these bloggers are are like and and what the the rumour mongers are like so I I think you just ridicule them Hoggy Um, certainly admin two day was better than admin one that's for sure Um, I think today would be summed up by in Rangers land plenty of chatter around signings which is nice um, and there's plenty of fun to be had like, let's face it, these guys are mentally diseased and they're simply out just to destabilise the club I think the, 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 the more uh, the, the, the real bit for us as a club however is that you know they, although they are mentally diseased they do get into this kind of mass organisation around whether it be mass phone and mass email in a Brighton whether it be, you know, get, get the rumour monger going because of the betting on, on relegation. It's, it's I, I mean, to be to say it's mentally diseased is probably understating it. To the, fact, to, to the point that today in the office that I was in, you'd Celtic fans just laughing about it, about how mental it, it was and effectively ridicule, ridicule on their own. Yeah, and, and that's what I think we need to do. But, but as you say, Andy, it, it is easy to laugh and joke about it, and I get that, but... 
it does have an effect on the brand and it does get things out. And, and let's face it, they do have willing accomplices in the Scottish media who are willing to print this bollocks. Uh, because they know they can write it off as just, oh, there are rumours that, you know, and they don't have to take any responsibility for it, but it still has the intended effect. Yeah, I mean, it's bordering on corporate sabotage. I mean, and, and as you say, the, the newspapers, the Sun and the Record in particular, all they do basically is troll social media and, and message boards and report what's on there and present it as a newsworthy article on their websites, clickbait, whatever way you want to call it. But it's that, that's why they make an example of somebody, the Rangers go for a juggler with somebody. I would like to see it once, maybe. But... Uh, the, the, the biggest thing for me today is it's quite ironic we're talking about good signings and uh, that is the way to answer it. The way to answer it really is to win things yeah, and get back to where we were. Because see, when we get that, worlds will collapse for these people. It really will. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I, think, I think that's what we've got to do. I'll keep our focus on and just say, look, let's get through this and one day... Uh, it's going to be the sweetest day ever. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, I, think, I, I think just to build upon that, David, you know, it's a good point that all of this comes off the back of a one-one draw. A nil-nil draw. Park. A nil-nil and, draw. You know, a nil-nil draw. To... Sorry, a nil-nil <laughs> draw. Yeah. Apologies. That must have been. That was, must have been a toilet. <laughs> I was. I was. I was still in Clint Hill Wonderland. Um, so a nil-nil draw, and and all of this happens. It's, you've only got to look at the, the, there was there's a a picture of a, a Celtic blog kicking about today, and there's five or six stories on it. The top ones about some made up fallacy around players paying their own way to, to Orlando, uh, and every single story, bar none, was about us. Mm. Yeah, it's called the Celtic blog. It, it's it's it's. I'll go back to it. It's mentally diseased, and I would like to see the club do something about it, but more in that ridicule way. For example, David, as we spoke earlier, today's admin day and the admin's all about the paperwork of certain signings. Mm. Ideal. And it just keeps on controlling the narrative from our point of view. Now, uh, we, we're going to talk a lot about Florida, obviously. That, that's the, the, the main thing that happened this week. But as we've been coming on air tonight, uh, which we held off for because uh, we thought it, it might pop up, uh, the signing of Jason Cummings has been confirmed. He's signing on loan until the end of the season and Rangers have an option to buy him, which is believed to be around about £600,000. Andy, I think at £600,000, I think we've won a watch because... I think there are two types of, if you like, wee bastards that we see for opposition sides. The ones that are just wee bastards that you go, he's a wee bastard. And then the ones that you go, he's a wee bastard. And then under your breath, you go, I wish he played for us. And Jason Cummings, for me, is very much in that latter category. When I watched him, I just thought, that boy is born to play for Rangers. And I'm absolutely delighted we've got him. No, undoubtedly. There's very few players that I'll sit and I stand, I was standing, I stand and I think I'm frightened of that player. Cummins was one of them. I hated him playing against us. I hated the fact that he had damaged us. But more than that, as you say, David, he was a bit dick. <laughs> he would rub it right in. <laughs> and they go, they, they, their fans fed off it. And um, you've used it in, the, in a couple of your, your daily updates. You spoke about his gallusness. And he has his go at that. And I think, I think we're team is needing a wee bit of that, that just kind of sense of invincibility whether it's arrogance or youth or whatever I think we need that and he's got it in spades I, I, I'm astounded that we've managed to get him to be honest because 
I don't think he'd sign for us. I'll be quite honest. I don't know if he's uh, I know he's a Hearts fan, supposedly. But if you looked at him playing for Hibs, um, would you have expected to be signed for us? I don't know. Um, clearly, the boy's well advised. Yes. He's great agents. And he's, and he's uh, got a clear enough vision of what he can achieve at the Rangers. And uh, I, I'm absolutely delighted to see him uh, sign for us at last. I think we've we've maybe benefited Hoggy from Mark Warburton being being bladdered at Forest because I think he obviously had signed him and he was a player that, that he wanted. But with him going and Karanka coming in, I think has created this opportunity just at the right time for us. And I honestly believe in years to come we'll be looking back at that and thinking that was a lucky break because he, he fits every profile. He's he's the type of player we need. He's got that devilish streak about him. He, I think he's talented. I mean, over and above all of that, we we talk a lot about attitude, but over and above all of that, he's talented, which is the main thing. And he's young, and if, like I say, for the fee quoted, I think that it, it can't not work out because you know even if he doesn't do that well, then I think that we'd be able to recoup any money we spend on him, given his age and given his his talent. I, I think it's a, an absolute no-brainer for Rangers. There, there's there's not been many times recently, probably in the past, I don't know, fifty. Years whereby we've been in the right place at the right time for a signing, mm. um, and yeah, thanks very much, Mister Warburton, for fucking it up, uh, and therefore we've got a player on loan that we don't have to buy in the summer, but we've got a guaranteed fee if we want to buy him of reported six hundred thousand, which is less than we would have paid Hibs, incidentally. Who would have sold? Who, who would not have sold them to us right. if they had any other uh, options? And. Also, there's an added wee bit to that. I don't know if Hibs had a, 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 a kind of percentage sell-on fee over and above what they paid. I fucking hope they did because they're getting nothing. <laughs> um, I, I think it's a, I think it's a cracking signing. He's your he's young, Scottish, hungry, knows the league. He's gallus. He's confident. He's talented and he's a goal scorer. And over and above, add to that package. Is as you say, he's an annoying wee dick that you really would like in your side. Andy, I think one of the things that we as as kind of older fogies and gone for years sometimes forget is that you need guys that younger fans can associate with and that are going to excite younger fans. And I remember actually a podder Alex at the time when a lot of people were getting stuck into Nathan Adua was pointing out that his son, who was I think nine or ten at the time, and and his friends and loads of kids at Ibrook, they loved them. And that I, I think is another advantage of Cummins. He's somebody that you know he does daft things, not not generally you know that, that costs his team, but he, he does have that kind of streak of daft boyness, uh, as, as we say in Scotland. But I think he's somebody that the younger fans will really identify with in a way that they maybe haven't been able to do with a player for for a number of years now. No, you're right. I mean, we're living the kind of FIFA video game age where kids are living. Uh, living and breathing football through their, their, their computer, you know, they're doing the social media element to it. Um, the likes of Cummins, as you say, captures the imagination. He, he's a, a, I said earlier, the Hibs fans used to feed off him, so he would do things in the park that, that kind of spark something in the crowd. Mm. Uh, and I think if he, if he can recreate that at Rangers, then it could be a, a real. Uh, added dimension, if you like, to the to the team, because as you say, we've not got that many players that get you off your seat or do something off the cuff that he can. As a player, I mean, I've seen him play against us plenty, and I've seen him in damages plenty. 
I've not really seen him this season with Forest at a higher level, uh, apart from the two goals he scored at, um, at Newcastle, which were incidentally were two cracking goals he scored. But uh, he's, he's a player that we've not really got. Liam Ellis is good, uh, and I love him, and I think he's a great striker, and he's got a lot of attributes. But Cummins is uh, he's something different. He reminds me of, heaven forbid, he reminds me of Mo Johnson yes. when he was younger. <laughs> and I don't know if it's just his socks, or in his legs, but he's that same kind of gate, uh, same kind of goals he scores uh, in and around the box. He can link up. Uh, he's good in the air for a wee guy. He's always put me in mind of Mo Johnson. Um, so, if he does what Mo Johnson did for us, then it'll not be far go far wrong. No, no, I'd be perfectly happy with that. Now, some reports surfaced uh, that that Stephen Naismith might be heading into Ibrox for talks, uh, and whether or not that that did or didn't happen, uh, I believe now Hoggy that Rangers' interest has cooled uh, on that, and in fact that Naismith was being considered as a backup if they didn't get Jason Cummings but with his arrival that probably puts an end to it and it looks likely that he'll sign for uh, either Hearts or Kilmarnock what's your take on the whole Naismith saga and it does seem to be coming to an end now yeah I think um, so we did the on, on, on the Patreon site we did the head to head on Stephen Naismith the for and the against and I think I, I think I said on that David that it wasn't about Naismith, it's always about Rangers. And if we could strike a deal to make Rangers a better Rangers at that point in time, then we should probably look to do it. I do still believe that Stephen Naismith would have an awful lot to add to a squad. But the flip side is, if it's only until the summer, and granted it would be two Rangers a free move, you know, Norwich would still pick up 80% of his reported salary. Uh, it would be a good move. However, with the guys that are starting to come in, if we manage to get Doherty, that I'm sure we'll come on to, got Cummins and hopefully he works out and we sign him perfectly, got Murphy, we sign him permanently in the summer, all of a sudden there's a young forward line backbone that Naismith... Naismith would be coming for first-team football, almost guaranteed first-team football, and I don't think he would get that anymore. Andy? Uh, I think I would have taken him. I would have taken him. I think if you take away the name Stephen Naismith and you describe the player and where he's came from and his moves that he's had and the level he's been playing at, you would have probably said, well, why would we not take this player? But I, I take him board what you're saying, Hoggy. It's um, a young, youthful team and, and his, his opportunities may have been more limited than we would expect but what I would have liked to have what I would have thought he could have done for us is kind of taking up the Miller Kenny Miller mantle mm. a wee bit older head a guy that's been around a wee bit um, but in saying that I've not seen him lately I, I've got to say I'm not tuning in to watch Norwich every other week um, I don't know if his level of play is anywhere near what it was when he when he left us because he was definitely at his peak when he left us did well at Everton I suppose but um I suppose uh, youth is a way forward and if we're going to buy players to sell on or to get a couple of years out of them and get some value back then that would be against the, the signature. It's still, uh, David, it still wouldn't surprise me if Naismith ends up at, at Rangers towards the end of the, 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 the deadline. Um, you know, to, to what you said there, Andy, probably echoes myself that uh, I don't think the deal will... I don't th- 
I've got a sneaky suspicion the deal won't happen, but it wouldn't surprise me if it did. Uh, if it did, then it's all about us. It's not about guaranteed first-team football for him. Um, and, I mean, it, it, when they, if an offer was to come from Rangers without guaranteed football and he, he weighs it up against Hearts and Kilmarnock, I, I've, I've got a suspicion he would sign. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I could see it being a bit like Boyd uh, when he came back and played for Kilmarnock and then went to Rangers again. I, I think that you could see that. He could go there for a few months and if he does well, maybe again try to try to get the move in the summer because it's something he's desperate to do. But, I mean, all along the noise is coming from Ibrox where he's not on Murty and Alan's radar, they're not interested and, and it does seem to be borne out. And there were people at, at Ibrox uh, in positions of power who did want him but uh, th- this transfer window has been all about Mark Allen with input from Graham Murty and we're seeing that and, and moving on to a couple of the players uh, Hoggy brought him up there and you know Rangers today reports suggest of uh, bids for two players turned down one for uh, Jordan Jones of Kilmarnock uh, whose manager Steve Clark described the bid as, as easy to turn down said if he was a player he'd be slightly sad at how little Rangers valued him at and the other one was for Greg Doherty of Hamilton Ackies. Um Now, at the moment, we don't know whether or not Rangers are going to go back in or not. Certainly, the, the noises are that they definitely will be going back in for Doherty. Uh, I think one of the issues with Jones is that Rangers rate him round about 500,000, Kilmarnock rate him round about a million, but believe that there are clubs down south willing to pay a million for him. So... How do you feel about those two names potentially coming in or whether or not we will get them? Doherty, I can't well, I, I think anybody's seen him at Ibrox when, when the Hamilton beat us. He was the best player in the park by a mile. He's strong, he's direct, he's potentially a complete footballer, complete midfielder even. And uh, I think if we were to get him at this stage of his career, then it would be a real coup because you're talking about Jones there and the bid that's went in. Our biggest problem is that we're, we're across the border for the, the biggest cash cow in world football and it's just completely bonkers down there. I mean, we're talking earlier about getting, coming for 600 grand. It's, it's chicken feed. So if we manage to get Doherty uh, for, I don't know, uh, see, even up to 700 grand, I'd pay for that boy because I think, I think he's got it. Um, if you get that before somebody down south comes in, and slaps in a million quid, then uh, that, that would be really, really good for us. Jones, I don't know so much about. I've only seen him a couple of times. He's rapid, he's direct, he's obviously got potential, he's getting international recognition as well. And the fact that we are willing to, to look to maybe £500,000, which isn't an inconsiderable amount for us just now, on, a, on who would potentially be a, a fringe player to start with, I'd imagine, mm. um, that kind of gives an indication of how highly we rate him. I would like to see both. I was delighted to see his link with Doherty because um, every time I see him, he's the best player that Hamilton have got. And I think just his, his physique, his uh, ability, he likes to shoot, he can score, he can tackle. He's just an all-rounder and, and they are indispensable. To echo what yeah. Andy said, Ian, um, from my point of view, if we only have enough money to make one of these deals happen, then for me it would be Doherty, absolutely. I, I, I'm still kind of haunted by not getting James MacArthur all those years ago for 500 grand when it seemed a, a glaringly obvious bit of business. And uh, I, I have a feeling if we don't make this deal happen now, it will be one that we're looking back in a few years and going, why didn't we? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I 
Oh, I think for you know the, the the types of deals that we're looking at in this window, and clearly as a kind of you know benchmark going forward, it's it it goes against the grain of of what we've heard for years, which has been bullshit to be honest. You know, so for years we've heard that there's no talents in Scotland, there's not a market to shop in. It's our doorstep. You know, th- there are talents up and down the country. We just need to go and scout them properly and get them. Doherty becomes, for me, it's it's in the no-brainer territory. If we can get him for six, seven hundred thousand, is anyone really, you know, barring injury, is anyone really trying to tell us that we won't recoup that money and get it back mm. at least? Mm. Um, you know, Doherty, like, get the deal done. He wants to come, and we'll get the guy relatively cheaply. We will improve him. He'll improve us. Certainly, squad, and hopefully, you know, maybe even instantly from a first team point of view, and we'll make money on him. What's not to like? From Jones, like you, Andy, I've seen less of him. Um, what I have seen is, you know, lightning fast and sometimes suspect end product. Raw, yeah, if, he is. Uh, yeah, if, if, if we can only afford one of them, it's Doherty. If we can get the pair of them, great. Um, I'm not convinced I'd be going a million quid on the basis of uh, raw potential and he's a Northern Irish internationalist because, let's face it, Lee Hudson's a Northern Irish internationalist. Fair point. <laughs> um, Andy, even if we don't get another another signing or one of these two, and that, that would probably be a slight disappointment for the three of us in talking about certainly Doherty Jones. I, I get the feeling that we'd all like, but we're not that bothered, which I think... Um, tells you everything and maybe how high Rangers should go and how they should prioritise it. Uh, well, how we feel, of course, the Rangers scouting department may feel slightly differently. But um, the, the, there is talk, really, really serious talk tonight, as we record, and may even break, you know, during that Rangers may decide to do to do it tonight as well, but uh, that Russell Martin of Norwich City and uh, Scotland International will be signing on loan till the end of the season, but he's out of contract at the end of the season, so the opportunity to, to make a permanent signing would happen then will be arriving. Now, if he arrives, then that's Goss, Murphy, Cummings, Martin. That's a good window. I mean, it really, surely that has to constitute, for a club that did invest money in the summer and doesn't have a lot of it to throw around, that is as much as I think we could have hoped for. And you get Doherty in there as well, then Rangers, I think, currently have had a really good window. If they get Doherty, I think Rangers have had a sensational window. Yeah. I mean, throughout the season, we've spoken about in the pod the fact that it's not necessarily first eleven. It's it's wanting. It's the squad, and the squad is a, the key to consistency. If you can replace players with similar standard when there's injuries or suspensions, then you've got a far far greater chance of competing against Celtic over the course of the season. That's obvious. So even by bringing back the loan guys, Halliday O'Halloran. They might not be ideal, they might never make it at Rangers, but what, what they've done there is they've bolstered the squad a wee bit and they'll bolster our bench, because there's some weeks we look at that bench and there's been absolutely nothing there at all. So the fact that we've added the players that you just mentioned, hopefully Martin can be added to that as well, because I think he'd been acquisition. Um, that gives us a far better chance of competing week in, week out and trying to get away for this kind of two weeks good, one week bad, because that's no use. Um, one of the biggest concerns I had when we had the kind of manager debacle with McInnes was that, that this transfer window was going to pass us by because 
first of all, we can't afford for a transfer window to pass it by. We're, we're a team that needs to progress and progress fast. But it's not harmed. What's happened is that we've allowed Mark Allen to do his job. This is what he's been brought in for. There's obviously no concerns in the part of the players about what happens at the end of the season with regards to Murty because they'll be more likely to sign on with an option to sign in the case of Murphy and uh, Cummins. So I, I'm, I'm delighted with the way things have panned out. I think it kind of flies in the face of the... I would use the word hysteria that we were starting to get with regards to the board right after the McInnes carry-on. I think we all need to just take a wee step back at times and think that this is a progress, a, a work in progress. There needs to be an element of patience. There will be setbacks. And in the kind of moment, the sound feels terrible. But it can be turned over. We can make a team that's worthy of the name Rangers and ultimately can challenge Celtic and, and, and at least make a fist a challenge on the title. These players fit the bill. I like Martin. Martin's a strong defender. He's been about... Um, I think if we've learned anything, it's quite easy to go down south and buy centre halves that can compete at our level. At the very least, you've got Berg, you've got Clint Hill, you've got Davy Weir, you've got Ehehog. All these players can keep up with strolled it mm. by and large. So I would hope that he comes in, does a job, and uh, and complements these young players that we're talking about. If you do get Doherty, you do get Jones, you'll have quite a young team if you add in Windass and Morelos. They're all under 22, 23. So we do need a couple of older heads to take a get the balance of the team right and the experience of the team right. Um, Ian, I've been asked this question quite a lot on social media, so I'm going to just answer it now uh, to, to get it out of the way. The, the, a story grew arms and legs about when Derek McInnes had his talks with Rangers that he was presented a list of targets from Mark Allen and apparently said, I wouldn't even sign them for Aberdeen, never mind Rangers. Now, this didn't happen, right? It just absolutely didn't happen. But... Surely the proof of that is, are we really expected to believe that these guys, who are Mark Allen guys, are we really expected to believe that Aberdeen couldn't fit into their side Sean Goss, Jamie Murphy, Jason Cummings and Russell Martin? Because I don't believe that. Uh, I think you've just answered your own question, David. (laughs) Uh, There's there's absolutely zero chance that that happened. It didn't. Uh, It absolutely uh, didn't. And, and if any of these players were presented to uh, Derek McInnes to sign for Aberdeen, he would bite the Aberdeen's hand, leg, feet and balls off for them. Absolutely. It was just one of these stories that I think, again, somebody's made it up, um, but it's passed around and it sounds good, but it, it, it didn't happen. And I think you can see that with the, the work that's going in in the window. I think, I, I, sorry, Dave, I think just to add to the the question around if we get Martin, if we get Doherty, it'll have been an outstanding window. I think we should also focus on the, the, the one or two that have gone out the door. The likes of, you know, seemingly expensive mistakes and the likes of Carlos Pena, who is, you know, we, we'd all love him to succeed but he's not going to. And it looks as if he's gone back to Cruz Azul, which incidentally beat Guadalajara at the weekend, league leaders. Um, and we've recouped at least the wages for him with an option to buy. I think if you add that into the mix, this is this is turning out to be a superb window. 
Um, all of which uh, takes us then to uh, our recent tour of the USA where Rangers trained in some what, what looked and, and was reported to be some absolutely wonderful facilities in Florida and then played two matches which Graham Murty said he was going to treat as four 45-minute training sessions and did so but, but came out with two excellent confidence-building results. Before we get to that, Andy, the inevitable story. Now, America, a country where there's a mass shooting every day, rocked to its very foundations because all of that that sort of thing and the economic turmoil and the divisions between the right and the left in America and uh, the the immigration issue, all of that was, was put into the shade because there were reports that there were some Rangers fans singing the Billy Boys and, and, and has caused certainly the gravest constitutional crisis in American history since the, the, the secession from the Union by the South began when they fired on Fort Sumter. Uh, in the 1860s. Uh, that story was written before they went, wasn't it? That was always going to be put up. Aye. I mean, one day we'll have an adult conversation about this kind of thing in Scotland uh, and then we can talk about it because it's getting to the stage now where, uh, as you quite rightly say, David, it was, a, it was a, a stick on that kind of thing would crop up. Now, you can argue all day whether we should be singing it or no and the semantics and everything else, right? I'm not even going to bother going to take I'm, I'm sick of it. But the story here is that, does it matter? Is it the worst thing that happens? Is there other other things going on? I mean, but there was two serious racism cases uh, in, in, the, in the paper that are in the, on the web this week. Where, was it Spartak? Yes. And then there was the, the case at Hanover as well. Really bad racism. Um, and, and I think to pick out two fans that were singing on camera... Uh, a couple of naughty words is uh, it says more about the Scottish media the thirst for the we've talked about the sectarian industry sectarianism industry in this country and how they, they kind of fan the flames of it as much as as anything else and it doesn't help so um, no it, it's there's a lot more to be said about this, David, but we wouldn't be able to do it, do it justice in this podcast for a, a couple of hours, to be honest. No, but you, you hit the nail on the head. I think that we're just all so bored of it now. And it it's basic clickbait for the people as, that we spoke about at the start of the show, the, the, the Sevcoholics, that it's this nonsense. And of course it comes out, Ian, later on, that the journalist responsible has a series of tweets communicating with uh, Donate, um, donate button bloggers he's he put things like jelly and ice cream when the Huns go into liquidation all that kind of shit it's it's embarrassing and childish isn't it yep we've got a I think that sectarian uh, sectarian industry is uh, we, we've seen it over the years we've seen it for the last uh, 20 years I think David all, especially all through the, 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 the time especially the early years of the RST oh, um, we've had a so-called journalist uh, that went to Cardonald College alongside another famous failed journalist. Infamous. Uh, in, uh, infamous and crap and failed journalist. Uh, and this guy's a pal. It was, you're, you're absolutely you're spot on. It was written before they went. It was, the guy was waiting to hit send or, you know, upload probably as much as the Sevcoholics were waiting to donate now. Um, and the usual suspects, like uh, our old pal Graham Spears, jumped on it immediately in the kind of usual one-way street that happens in the country. You know, they, they, these are guys that have made their living off of Correct. this. 
they, they, they don't want this to go away. They want this in the news every single day because it's how they make their lazy living. Andy and I will remember from our time at the Trust that we used to we used to think that Andy that, that that we were serious about actually fighting sectarianism and the people that wrote the most about it weren't they didn't want to they just yep. wanted a stick to beat Rangers with and it was quite apparent yep. because every time we proposed actually doing something about it they were nowhere to be found. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've uh, personally speaking, right? I I don't think we should. I think the, the battle's been lost on that particular song that we sung I think uh, we've, we've kind of lost the, the ground on that and it's too too much to recover even if you could argue why but um, you're right the the Spears thing kind of sums it up he sits there that crops up he can't wait to get a tweet out about it and, and kind of get his, his usual virtue signalling the Parkhead game there that we had we had um, the banner for the, the Celtic support I don't know why IRA songs, but I looked in one look at the big banner. I thought, I bet that's, an, that's words for an IRA song. Mm. And it was. And nobody says a word. And see that kind of double standard? That is why we've got a problem. Because I went to my MSP about this, right? And you might be sitting saying, how sad's that? But I went at the start of the Offensive Behaviour Act, kind of cropped up, because I could see this coming. Because I, And I said to him, I said, if you don't act equally on both sides, then it's counterproductive. Because what you've got is. Well, they can sing it or they can do that, so we're going to do it. I think we could win a watch a wee bit if we uh, actually started just watching what we do ourselves, and it should it should swing the pendulum or swing the spotlight onto other things that happen in this country and other supports because um, it's obvious that we're the only ones that actually get uh, get the articles about us if yeah. it happens. I mean, look, look at that Falkirk carry on. That's a disgrace. That is that is beyond. Belief that that happens nowadays. Um, for, those you, yeah, for, those, shows. for those of you who aren't sure what Andy's talking about, um, Dunfermline fans took uh, rubber eyes, little folk, you know, like you get in a joke shop, and threw them at Dean Shields during a match recently. So, so, you, so you've got that kind of thing going on with uh, a couple of folk who are in Florida, probably past. Uh, probably, in fact, I know one of the people lives in Florida, so you're probably totally unaware of the kind of other below about use of language and so forth over here. Um, it's, a, it's about a non-stability bonus and it was run for three, four days in three different types of articles. It was just wrung to death. Um, so, no, I say an adult conversation required about how you tackle this kind of thing. It um, was uh, it, it was interesting, Andy, though, the, the, the make-up of the story. It was all, it was all the, you know, it was like provocative bingo. You had the songs being banned it's no really uh, it, it's sectarian it's no really um, and when you get into you know uh, you, you can only see the White House going into meltdown around oh fuck Rangers fans sang a naughty song we better revisit people's first amendments right and first amendment rights in America um, it, it, it shows what a bloody nonsense it actually is if you go back to what we were talking about earlier on, about the, kind of, I use the phrase corporate sabotage, it's just a, a kind of routine damaging of the brand. Now, you could argue we inflict it upon ourselves. Uh, so I'm no defending the song, right? I'd like to make that very, very clear. I'm definitely no defending the song. But 
there needs to be a far wider conversation about this because every football support in the world, if you looked hard enough, you're going to find an article that you could write about something they're singing. What I will say, Andy, is we took uh, from all across America and from the UK, we took an amazing support to Florida. Correct. Uh, yeah. An amazing large numbered and vocal support all the, all the way across the Atlantic and all the way from you know across the, across North America and South America, um, we had as I say an amazing support. They backed the team. The team and the manager absolutely loved it. That's what I want to focus on. Not not a yeah. the odd naughty word. Um, and I'll say it now: the support that were out there were phenomenal. Yeah, they were, and we've actually got, if you listen right to the end of the pod after the music, um, then you'll hear one of those American bears, or one of those bears who's a long-term uh, a long-term resident of the USA, but he's originally from here, friend of the show, Ross Adair, who was a roving reporter on Patreon, and you'll hear his summation of what it was like over there, and, and also how seriously they took the Sun's, uh, the Sun's article as it's included. So listen on past the music, and, and you'll get Ross with his, uh, with his report from the scene. Now, to the actual football... Uh, Rangers in both matches, lads, I'll start off with you, Andy. I thought that we didn't play particularly well in the first half of either. Now, against Atletico Mineiro, uh, we were playing there uh, mostly their under 20 side, but they were pacey and they were young and uh, they looked quite good. Second half, Rangers changed the side wholesale, 10 substitutions at half time. Played quite well. I thought Josh Windass looked really good, scored the winner. And then, of course, that amazing game with Corinthians where first half, 2 0. Uh, didn't get going at all. Nothing really. Nothing really happened for us. Second half again, loads of seven at half time this time. Some of the best football I've seen from a Rangers team. Yes, it was a friendly, but it was still great to watch our our lads schooling a Brazilian side. Um, overall, what were your takeaways from the two matches? Uh, nothing but positive, to be honest. I thought the first game was a wee bit non-eventful, but we 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 got a good goal. There was some good performances in there. Um, but the same game as you say, Davey, was uh, uh, sometimes you get these wee things that get flung up. You think you've seen everything with Rangers. I know it was only a friendly, but at 2 and a half time, I didn't think there was any way we were coming back for that game. There was no way that I thought we would score uh, without reply again, if you like, in the second half. So, but credit to the players that came on. I thought Halliday, when they came on, done fantastically well, taking a drive of the game forward to get a wee bit of added aggression, a wee bit of belief as well. Morelos just shows you that if you do supply this guy, he's going to score your goals in and around the box. He's deadly. Um, I thought that uh, the boy Goss is going to pose a real selection headache because I don't think his quality on the ball will be able to be left out. So uh, it then asks questions of Jack and Holt and all these kind of players that they're going to have to step their game up to, to, to keep him out, to be honest. His delivery for the goal oh, yeah. is fantastic. It's beautiful. Um, we've not had a left foot delivery like that for a long, long time. Albert's uh, maybe. Yeah, genuinely. Maybe, maybe that long. Um, because one of, the, one of the things that I did take for two games is that the set pieces were pretty crap. And it's been a big bugbear of mine that even when we're struggling at home that we still can't do anything at all with most set pieces. So hopefully with his left foot there, if, if, if that wasn't a one-off, if that's his norm, then we might have something actually to, to look forward to when we get what, uh, free kicks and corners. Uh, a couple of names that Andy touched on there. Hoggy, I'd like to chat to you about uh, 
Andy Halliday, I thought, did really well and both, of course, scored in the, the second match but also had a fantastic goal-saving clearance in the first match and, and played quite well in, in both the matches. And I thought he was terrific. And Goss is bigger than I thought he was. And then suddenly with these two coming in and, and hopefully Doherty, instead of having two players and then young Ross McCrory to go in there, you know, although he's, he's considered his future's going to be at centre-back, we've suddenly got four or five options as opposed to you know two it goes back to what Andy said earlier, you know, it, it, sometimes, or the majority of the time, you know, it's almost first 11 picks itself, and you look at the bench, and there's not much on there at all. Um, all of a sudden, we're going to have options, we're going to have selection headaches. It's up to Marty to get it right, obviously. Um, Goss, yeah, I, 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 was, I was quite surprised, he's a pretty tall guy, he's, he's, his distribution, his distribution, not just his free kick, but he's... he's, he's uh, uh, you know, ability to retain the ball and and recycle it was very very good indeed. Um, Halliday, I'm really pleased for him. I have to say clearly, you know, it, it was the working out under Pedro, um, and he he goes back to he he goes to Azerbaijan, didn't work out, wanted to come back. We bring him back and um, play him in, in a more attacking midfield role which is maybe he's more he's kind of natural instinct and I think you saw in the second game that you know Morelos gets the ball out wide and you're looking for that player to be bursting into the box Halliday did gambled got at the end of it got his goal I, I, I'm pleased for him it's, it's, it's never enough just to be a died in the wool bear because no, if not. it was, the three of us would be in the squad, yes, right? Exactly. Uh, however, he does have he does have talent, and hopefully, it's going to be utilised in the right manner. So, 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 uh, so he's not languishing in that defensive midfielder role. Um, the one thing I'll say about both the games: first, first halves were both. I think we were poor in them. Um, Minero, the first half is probably summed up by we played Dalcio at left back. Um, File that under things you'd never, you thought you'd never see it with Rangers. Yes. Um, and the other thing that really struck me in both first halves was um, we've talked about it a number of times about Nico Cranchar having it in his head but not in his body anymore. Yeah. Both first halves, that that was absolutely the case. That these were reasonably not far off walking pace friendlies, and Cranchar was struggling. I think he will with Murphy and Doherty and Goss and Halliday coming back, etc. I think he'll really, really struggle to even get a sub a sub spot for the rest of the season. Yeah, but but as you touched on, Andy, we've gone from benches, not not just one off with, with injuries or whatever, but multiple games. I mean really a month where there was nothing on it that could change a game. Nothing at all. All no. that you would be confident throwing on. Um Herrera has Reiterated his desire to stay, which is fair enough, but he'll need to improve um, because he has had more minutes to show something in the last couple of uh, the last few matches, last few games. Okay, albeit friendly, but you know there was a, a forty-five minute earlier against Motherwell, and he hasn't really done very much. And now, instead of having to look down the bench, and it's him and it's Hardy and you know maybe Young Barzonis, and, and that's it. The rest are defenders or a goalkeeper. You're now actually getting to a stage where you might have players, as Ian suggested, not even getting onto a bench, and that that is a huge thing for us. Yeah, the bench is key. I mean, the games that we've or the games we've dropped points at Ibrox, 
if you had a bench of no, you might not have dropped the points because you could have brought somebody on to, to add impetus or, or to get the crowd going or to create things. We just never had that at all this season. And it's, and it's something we've touched upon, as you say, David, time and time again. It's just the overall quality of the squad was lacking. So, as I say, Halliday and O'Halloran coming back, I, I don't think O'Halloran will beat Rangers long term, but he's going to be a better option coming off the bench if you're needing something to happen than what we had before. Yeah. And uh, I agree with you about Halliday. Halliday's a far better player than what we give him credit for. And in a different era, Halliday would be or Derek McInnes because... I think the better team he plays with, the better he would be. I think that's an obvious statement. Who would never be a better player in a better team? But he's technically sound. He's good. He gets stuck in for a boy's size. Um, he can go past players if he wants. He was he was smothered by the the role that was given by Warburton, which was this kind of makeshift defensive midfielder, to the point where we kind of took him for granted, and uh, he started to get on our goal a wee bit because he wasn't doing what what we hoped he should do. And players around him weren't they complimenting him. I feel like I don't think him and Holt were a good combination at all. So I think he's got a role to play definitely for, for years to come with Rangers as a squad player. Definitely. So we're coming to the end of the show today, lads. I think we're all feeling a, in a better place than we were uh, certainly mid-December or certainly after the Kilmarnock match we, we ended with a couple of decent results. We've had a good window transfer-wise. We've had a good confidence-building tour. Ian, what what's realistic for the, the rest of the season? What are the aims? I think um, the one thing I've taken out the last few days, probably since the probably since the Celtic game, but certainly the last few days in Florida, is how happy the squad looks together in each other's company. Uh, I think given Josh Windass Snapchat duty in Florida, really really showed that. To be honest. You know, you've 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 got a happy squad that went in a team bonding trip, that bonded superbly, um, and now it's up to the squad and the manager to really kick on. Is the Scottish Cup beyond us? No, I don't think it is. Is coming second beyond us? No, I think that's the absolute bare minimum that we have to get this season. It's not a should do; it's a must do, um, and. Do I think we can close the gap in Celtic? Yes, I do. Um, it's whatever it is just now, 11 points. I think, going back to your point there, Andy, about players coming off the bench, we looked at the bench against Celtic when we were creating chances, when Morales, uh, Morales was missing chances and we only had Herrera. Mm-hmm. Imagine, imagine for a second that's Jason Cumming coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden... That's Celtic fans have the feeling that we do when Lee Griffiths comes off the bench against us. Yep. Um, yeah. So, do I think we can close the gap? Yeah, I do. Um, so, for me, the bare minimum is second place, some good showings against Celtic, and progressing as far as we can in that Scottish Cup, hopefully to the final, David. Andy, the board having invested in these players in this window when you know they, they had invested in the summer and okay it went they invested badly but they did and they deserve the you know credit for that but they haven't got these players in or sanctioned these deals to finish third uh, I, I'm with Hoggy on that I think that they, this season's still very much live as far as they're concerned and I, I think they're right Yeah I mean we spoke before about the missed opportunity this season with Celtic on a relatively poor season it's still been so far ahead because we've allowed it to happen 
Um, I think we need to like, go back to the Guerin era for a bit of inspiration because he obviously left around about Christmas time and New Year's Day or something like that. And uh, Walter came in and, and with a couple of pragmatic signings and, and, and being pragmatic with the team as well, how they played, how they set up, all that kind of thing, with a fantastic second half of the season, which led into the, the season after, which which is obviously a memorable season for different reasons. Mm. So um, we've got to go into this second half of the season with the mentality that we win every game. Um, I don't think we've had that before. I think there's been that kind of fragility that we knew that we, we had games in us where we might drop points and it was it was almost a certain kind of um, inevitability that you would get a two well just look at it, how long it took us to win three games in a row that kind of sums it up mm. so with these signings there's got to be a better chance uh, finishing second than, than before the window put it that way and uh, I'm looking forward to it I think uh, it would be nice to get off to a good start versus Aberdeen at Ibrox in the 24th. It'll be a very hard game uh, and they'll be up for it. But again, it's doing to us what we do. Yep, absolutely. And uh, very much looking forward to it, which might not necessarily when we were leaving, leaving Rugby Park that day. I'm not sure. Uh, no. I'm not sure that, that that was a feeling that was universally felt. So so well done to Rangers for turning for at least turning that round. Now, a couple of announcements before we go. First up, our friends at the Rangers supporters Erskine Appeal who are about to go through a magnificent three quarters of a million pounds raised um, to help them break through that barrier. They've uh, released their famous tangerine scarf, uh, RSEA scarf, and uh, it's £15. And if you want to go and invest in one, please do go along to rsea.org.uk and you can pick one up, a nice piece of kit. So there you go. And of course, all the money that's raised through that goes to uh, the the veterans at Erskine. It's a wonderful charity. Um, And then a little bit of our own housekeeping Heart and hand are venturing east. The Hoggy, you assure me that uh, they have electricity out there. Sometimes. Uh, I'll, I'll bring a charger um, but uh, yes we are heading to Dunfermline on Saturday March the 3rd when the Heart and Hand live show will take place at the British Legion Hall there very much looking forward to it because it's a, a wonderful pod lineup that night, uh, you've got myself obviously worth the ticket money frankly uh, you've got our boy Hoggy here you've got the Livingston Lothario Cameron Bell and you've got, oh what's that, that young guy's name that we're going to give a, that we're giving another go to Hoggy, what's, what's his name? Um, Kevin something. Kevin Thompson yeah you might have heard of him uh, Kev will be joining us as well so it's going to be a spectacular night uh, if you come along as people who saw him at the Loudon will know he's a fantastic evening and yes you will get to hear that story um, but obviously of course Kev now coaching at Rangers so you get to hear his philosophy on football and other it's it's, it's going to be a wonderful night and you get to hear us Muppets um, you know making knob jokes round about him so it's it's well worth going to be a great night Saturday March the 3rd tickets will go on sale this Friday night at 7 o'clock so please keep an eye out for them they'll be on social media Friday night 7 o'clock they are limited to 150 so if you want one I suggest you be quick if it's anything like it is in the in the Glasgow shows they go I mean the last one sold out in 98 seconds so I would suggest you be quick for this tickets are £10 uh, a very good evening is, is pretty much guaranteed and uh, even as I say if you don't particularly want to see us it will be worth it to see Kevin and uh, you'll get to see a full interview with Kev during that and he's, he's a lovely guy 
guy well worth coming along and meeting him and bringing your stuff to get signed so Dunfermline we're looking forward to coming through and visiting you so with that all that it means for me to do is to tell you where you can hear more of us which is on our Patreon service if you want daily updates quiz shows history shows uh, breaking news updates you name it you'll find that Hoggy has his own show on there Big Scott for those of you who are missing him he pops up on there as well loads and loads of content Andy's going to attempt the quiz this week you feeling confident Andrew? I was feeling confident until you tell me it was Stevie Terry that made the questions up. Yes, it is, those of you who may know. I'd, I, I, I'd, I'd just like to point out, Andy, Hoggy tops the leaderboard with 13, mate. No pressure. Yeah. Uh, well, I've done in the house and I get 24. Aye, and, and you were up against <laughs> you were up against Cammy and Alex, who quite frankly were a disgrace to the name Rangers. <laughs> Uh, he's, this he's, is true. Yeah, he's, he's, this gone, is he's true. gone quiet there. But uh, Andy will be on it this week. As well, uh, listeners, we're starting to get listeners involved in the quiz, so we shall come on and get involved. Uh, prices to subscribe start for a bargain one ninety nine per month. So it's patreon.com, P A T R E O N.com forward slash uh, forward slash heart and hand, and you can come along and see us there. If you want to get in touch with us on uh, social media, I'm at Ibrox Rocks. Andy, you are at Bob McPhail. And Hoggy? It's at Vanderhog. I will thank our executive producers in London, Mr. Knightley and Mr. Paul Myers. Thank you all for listening. Listen to the end and you'll hear our American reporter. And uh, with that, thank you very much for listening. I'll talk to you again on Thursday. Cheers. Bye. Okay, joining me now is a roving reporter from uh, the US of A, just uh, literally roving in a taxi at the moment. Ross, uh, how are you feeling? Quiet night? Uh, it, was, uh, it, was, it was a good laugh, mate. It was um, everything I could have asked for and more. Well, you, um, you did receive a, a sort of angry message at half time from someone who's shown me nameless saying, you're a fucking jinx. <laughs> I think that was you calling me a jinx, eh? Well! So, uh, <laughs> I, I think I redeemed myself in the second half. What was it like? It looked, I mean, it must have been amazing, it, the second half. It really was just... Um, I mean, I know it's not like a friendly and all that, but it was just it was just brilliant. Uh, just brilliant to, for all the Bears that made the effort to go out there. And, you know, they obviously uh, got the win um, on Thursday night. But just, uh, you know, just for going for that, that first half was, was just was really uneventful. We were yeah. seemingly had most of the possession, but... They went up the park three times and twice they, they scored. They scored, so it's kind of like a game at Ibrox. Yes, it was very <laughs> like a game at Ibrox, except there was a stirring comeback. We've not seen many of those. Uh, who impressed you? Um, the one that actually sticks out for me was just was Goss, just because you know it was the first time seeing him. Um, yeah, but he just he just looks apart. Um, I don't know, but what do you think about that, David? I, I, it's his touch. I think just, he looks like uh, a boy. Yeah. That, you know, no fear the of the ball. He carries himself. Aye, absolutely. Um, what was uh, it just like? Just a few wee moves. It was one wee move. Um, just a, almost went out of touch, and he just, um, you know, just looked like he was going to knock it back away, but he done a wee step over and he, he kept it in play and actually ended up passing it forward. I think I remember. He's, he's definitely played himself. And I mean that that's what you need with guys like that, isn't it? Come in and impress the fans early and get yourself on the good I, side. I, um, I know he get too carried away, but um, I just. Definitely, I remember reading about the, the Michael Carrick, you know. Comparison. Um, comparison, I so, um, like I say, not too carried away, but it was a, you know, champions of Brazil, so. What were the troops like? Uh, it seemed there was plenty of, uh, uh, plenty of singing. I, I, were, 
They're on good voice. I uh, like I said, I text you half time, said it was a bit disappointing so far, and you call me a jinx. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, the, the atmosphere wasn't great in the in the first half. Um, everybody was just kind of getting the feel of the place. But I um, in the second half, and obviously even with just with that first goal, uh, getting the goal back, it was just it was just great. So you just put the ball in the back of the net. Now, you sent me a picture. Um, it, just, it, went, it went for there, and then it just the atmosphere was, was fantastic. You sent me a picture of you outside the ground, and you were explaining a wee bit the other night, but the, the line wasn't great. So just explain to punters what this tailgate thing is in America. Oh, aye, so um, just a lot of people just drive out of the game a good few hours before, you know, set up, and um, a lot of them bring their... Their, their grills or barbecues, you know, and to uh, the game. Just make <laughs> to the game. They take a barbecue. <laughs> no, with charcoal. I propane grills and you know hot dogs and, and cheeseburgers and um, and a lot of beer. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, so we we actually got the bus. This. Uh, this girl Alicia, who I believe is enjoying a wee bit of infamy back in the in Scotland, um, she organised three buses for a bar called Murphy's just off International. Oh, Jamie's um, place. <laughs> Jamie's place. I thought it sounded a bit dubious, but now we've got. I knew we've got GM. We're so all right we all showed up. We all, we all pitched up at Murphy's, and there was three buses, um, and we uh, they, they pull in. We kind of invaded the tailgate, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they had the bus with your with your your twenty dollars. There was um, it came with two free beers, and uh, they were in you know big camp big camping style coolers with ice that we got when we we pitched up at the tailgate. It sounds a lot more civilized than standing outside Ibrox with a half bottle of Bucky. I've got to say, <laughs> I was not Bucky. That was, was, was the only disappointing aspect of the day. <laughs> Every time Ross comes home, folks, it's one of his first trips. Ditches the wife and wanes and heads out to Haddo's and gets a, gets a bottle of, a bottle of buggy. That's the... Uh, back when I first moved over and my mum or dad would come over to visit and we would, uh, you know, have the, the last for the Heinz baked beans and the, the Scottish blend and the Main Yards wine gums uh, <laughs> and obviously a bottle of Buckfast. And that's, uh, that's the only thing that... That's the only thing that they still bring every time. <laughs> take, take that as a lesson, mate. It comes to us all in the end up. <laughs> so, um, now, the, the the thing about that this trip, obviously, that there was a little bit of stuff over here, but it seemed that the fans over there didn't really give a monkeys because uh, clearly you do have a lot of bears who live over there and they're not going to really care what the <clears throat> what the Scottish Suns thinks of them. Is that fair to say? Uh, I think everybody, everybody was... It was a wee bit of drama yesterday morning. Everybody was saying, oh, man, you we made the front page of the rags. It's just it was everything was really everything's been really positive about the trip, and they're just you know they're obviously just trying to put a, a negative slant on things. No, that's exactly what they were doing, mate. But um, but I like this is this is America, land of the free. We do what the fuck we want. Podcast Network.